Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 28. Today, I'll be interviewing Adam Walenta. Adam Walenta is a publisher, writer, illustrator, editor, teacher, MC, and father. He founded Adam Walenta Entertainment to help bring new independent creator-owned projects to life. Adam has illustrated over 50 children's books, numerous comics, graphic novels, and illustrated album art for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame musicians such as Public Enemy and Lloyd Price, among many others. Um, so Adam's website, we're going to be talking about his book, Punk Taco, that he created with his son. And his website is punktaco.com. So thank you so much for being here today, Adam. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited because, um, you know, your book, Punk Taco, is just, it's so well done and it's so creative. And um, so the first question I had for you is just how your book was created and, just maybe you could explain a little bit more about how the characters were developed. And yeah, so maybe we could start with that. Yeah, sure. Um, so it happened pretty organically. I, I first started out um, having this name floating around in my head and it was really there for roughly 10 years. Like I, the, just the name Punk Taco. And I didn't really know what to do with it. And just life goes by real quick and you're involved in other things. So it was just kind of always in the back of my mind and um, eventually had a family and I was one day I was hanging out with my son, McKenna, and we were just playing Lego and toys and having a fun time. And I, I mentioned this name to him and he thought it was hysterical. So we started laughing. We started talking about it. Um, he immediately was coming up with ideas for a story and we were acting out stories and and developing characters. Uh, we began brainstorming and, and sketching um, and one of the first characters that was developed was the villain, King Bugar, and then the band started to come together, uh, Delilah, Bovo, and Bash, and um, we just really started talking about who they were and, and, and what, they, you know, what instruments they would play and what they would look like, and uh, it was really just you know, hanging out with my son and, and just being silly and coming up with ideas, and it started to take form uh, when we were drawing and seeing that we could bring these things to life and thinking like, oh, well, you know, this could be more than just something for ourselves. We can actually um, bring it to life and, and publish it and, and, you know, maybe people would be interested in it. I was actually in the middle of another graphic novel that I, I was writing and illustrating and it was it's 200 pages and it's all drawn and I was in the middle of inking it. And I took that and I put that on the shelf and dived headfirst into Punk Taco um, with my son. And that, that project is still sitting on the shelf, you know, two, three years later. <laughs> because yeah, Punk Taco <laughs> really took a life, took on a life of its own. And, and the thing was, like, you know, your kids are only young, you know, for a very short time. So I wanted to capture that moment that we first had in the room where we were just playing and being silly and bring that to life and share that with the world. So, you know, we really committed ourselves to um, Punk Taco right off the bat. 
That's that's great. Well, it kind of leads into my next question because as a parent, I know I have a lot of parents as listeners, and you know, what 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 was that like creating a book with your son? Like, what was what was the process? I mean, I know you've done, you know, I mean, you have a whole career in illustrating graphic novels and comics and and children's books. You know, what was your son's role, and how did he kind of help shape those characters that you developed in the book? Yeah, working with Makana has been awesome. Um, I love that I can include him um, as well as our youngest now uh, in the creative process. Um, it's inspiring seeing them come up with characters and story ideas. Um, and so early on, uh, as I mentioned, like Makana was doing drawings for the characters and coming up with the help, helping me come up with the look of the characters and giving his thoughts on what should happen. And he would just like shoot out ideas. And then it would be up to me to take those ideas and kind of piece them together in a, in a more structured uh, story, you know, with a beginning, middle and end. Um, there were a ton, ton of things that didn't even make it into the first volume that we're now including in, in the second volume because they just seem so ridiculous and funny. But at first they didn't fit in. We didn't know if the book was going to be successful, so we couldn't make it as long as we as we wanted it to. So we had we definitely had limitations um, we set a deadline for ourselves, which when, when, once we did that, it became now it's a job. So we have a goal and we have something that we have to set out to do. Um, and there were times when, you know, even he wanted to do other things, you know, play or whatever, but was like, all right, well, I need you to help me color this, or I need you to, you know, give your opinion on, you know, did, is this how you want it to be? Um, so we would have to make sure that we set time aside um, like any job to, to focus on, on the work and get, reach our deadline. But for the most part in the beginning, it was just very free form and organic. Um, it wasn't until I decided like, all right, this is when we're going to release it. This is, you know, the size and the format, this is how many pages. And, you know, all of a sudden he was like, wow, this is an actual job. <laughs> so at the time he was, uh, you know, five, six years old when we were really putting it together. And you can imagine like, you know, no six-year-old wants to learn about deadlines. So <laughs> that wasn't always easy when, when I needed his help because I really wanted to include him and not just do it all myself. Um, so there were times when I was like, all right, let's work on it. And he's like, ah, oh, but I'd rather do this. And No, we have to. <laughs> so, but in the end, once he started to see it come together, then it became a real thing. And um, especially once we hit like the convention circuit and promoting it, he loves going to the conventions and traveling all over the country, meeting all kinds of amazing people. And now especially that the hard work has won us two awards recognizing Punk Taco. Um, like we were just at Baltimore Comic-Con and we won a Ringo Award for Best Kids Comic. Wow. And that was incredible because we were, you know, we're the only self-published independent creators in our category. And we, we beat out some of the two of the best-selling books in the country um, and then before that, early in the summer, we were at, um, the Ann Arbor comic arts festival and we won, uh, best sci-fi and fantasy at the kids comics award. And that, that was on father's day, which to me was ah, that's amazing. like an amazing experience. You know, he, he got to, you know, skip school. We drove cross country together from Connecticut to, you know, Ann Arbor. And, and then on father's day, we won this award. It was like, you know, that, that, that made all the, the hard work and, and everything really worthwhile for both of us it was an it's an incredible experience because doing it on my own you know i've been working you know publishing comics for so long um 
it's, you know, it's a job. I love it. And I don't want to do anything else, but to be able to share this with my son is means so much more to me than anything else I've ever created. So really I feel like, you know, this is a, a whole new career for me, a whole new experience because it, it's just so much more rewarding. Oh yeah. I mean, and also he's, I mean, he's probably learning so much just by going going through the process. Of I, I hope so. the, yeah. yeah. The idea of just creating a book from start to finish and um, you know, even with the marketing, I mean, it's really just <laughs> some amazing experiences I'm sure you've had. And I love seeing your pictures on Instagram. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you now, your now family you and it's great. I, I, I love it. It's it, it just probably makes it so even more special sharing yeah, it, you know, sharing with your up family. His, he sets up his own space at the conventions and he sells his artwork and does commissions for people. And oh, and wow. I don't I don't I don't push it though because you know it, it's fun for him. And you know, sometimes the conventions are really long because they're like 10, 11 hour days. Um so it's tiring for him. Um but and I don't try to push it. Like I don't expect him to be an author and an illustrator if he doesn't want to be. Like it's just for him. Like I just want him to have fun and enjoy the experience right now. And if it's something that he wants to pursue, continue to pursue later on in life, you know, that would be awesome. Um, but if not, you know, like he talks about all kinds of other things, and he's too young to make that decision right away. But I'm just giving him one more life experience that hopefully he can, you know, form his own decisions and 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 you know, develop into his own person. So. Wow. So what, so what was that like? I, I'm just, I want you to describe a little bit more about that, the Kickstarter and the publishing process for a graphic novel, because I think a lot of people are familiar with maybe a picture book or a chapter book. But one of the things that I'm curious about, cause I, I love graphic novels, um, is how that's, I know you had your Kickstarter and you could talk about that and just the publishing process of a graphic novel for a punk taco. Uh, in regards to Kickstarter, I always try to um, make sure that most of the, the work is done because a lot of times when people pledge on Kickstarter, they, you know, they, they're taking a chance on something and, and I don't ever want to, you know, keep them waiting too long or, or let them down. Um, so it, it's like with anything, um, you know, we had an idea and we were Originally, I thought I would I would shop it around because you know, I've worked with other publishers, but then I've published my own stuff. But because of um, the, the timing of it all, you know, we started the idea, you know, came to life when he was five. And it was really like between six and seven that we were putting it all together. If you go to another publishing company, um, it could take years before it actually comes out. Uh just because they they have they have a schedule that they keep as far as as marketing and promoting and and release dates and i i knew right away that with this because i was bouncing so many ideas back and forth with McKenna and we wanted to you know keep the story going that it wasn't something that we can start at age five and six and then wait till he was 12 <laughs> you know like right, I, didn't, exactly. I didn't i didn't want to spend a year you know, pitching it and shopping it around and then another year producing it and then another year for waiting for the publisher to market it and, and put it, you know, to release it. Um, I really wanted to capture this moment in time because what what is entertaining for a, a six-year-old now may not be entertaining, you know, you know, three, four years later. But what we found out pretty early on was the way we were writing it 
we really created an all ages book that um, multiple generations can enjoy. So we, we have obviously my, my son's age, all of his friends, you know, from it came out when they were in kindergarten, first grade, um, they enjoy it. But then we have middle school kids and I have high school kids and teachers that come to me and they use it in their, you know, their high school classes and, you know, adults that don't even have kids buying it at the conventions and enjoying it. So, and that's another thing that we were worried about with, with bigger publishers. Like they really want to narrow it down and focus because they have sales teams like, all right, what age group is this for? Is it for, you know, five to 10? Is it for 10 to you know 15, whatever. And, and we really were determined to make a book that everybody can enjoy. And it, it didn't, it didn't have to be just for one age group. Um, so we knew that the only way that we could really have the freedom at, at that time to kind of experiment and do what we wanted was to self-publish. And so we went with Kickstarter because, you know, it's a good name brand recognition. People trust it. Um, I had done other Kickstarter projects before and had built up a, you know, a, a, a good fan base that, you know, trusted that I was going to deliver on the goods. Um Kickstarter itself is running a Kickstarter campaign can be incredibly painful because once you have the the product and you organize and you set up the campaign, you have to let the world know, you know, um, what you're, what you have available and, and you just hope for the best because it's just, no matter how well prepared you are there, they just, it, it's, it could be about timing. Like not every Kickstarter project is successful and sometimes it has nothing to do with how well prepared you are. It's just, there could just be something in the air. And, um, <laughs> at least from my experience, no, like, I know. Seems be, there seems to be no rhyme or reason why like some projects can be wildly successful and, and others, you know, struggle and, 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 and take a while to get off the ground. Um, but it's a great way to connect with new readers. Um, but at the same time, it often feels like constant promoting and marketing. And as a creative person, I just want to be working on the book. Um, but then I feel like I'm online constantly, like, worrying. <laughs> no, I, like, I had a Kickstarter too. So I, I understand, um, what you mean about the preparation about making sure, cause it is something you have to just, cause there's a time limit and you have to keep up the momentum and you want right. to reach your goal. Cause if you don't reach your goal, then you don't get anything. So yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it feels like you're like a, a used car salesman, like constantly <laughs> repeating the same thing yeah. over and over. And then you just have to remind yourself that people, maybe not so much nowadays with streaming, but people sit in front of the TV and they're constantly bombarded by Toyota ads or, you know, diaper ads or all these different things. And and people nowadays don't even blink an eye at it. So really like, you know, I'm an independent creator and I'm just trying to get the word out. And if that offends people, I have to remember that, like, they're probably not going to support the project anyways. And hopefully the people that do support it and have to put up with my constant promoting that they're sympathetic and understanding <laughs> because well, people don't see stuff all the time. That's, that's, the thing. that's, that's true that's, too. Yeah. Like when you, every single time you post like a certain amount of people will see it, but a lot of people won't, but if you keep right. doing it, then you could hit other people. So yeah, I, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's, I totally understand. Um, it's but, great yeah. though, because years ago, you know, when I first started publishing books was 1997, 98, it was just, you know, you had your credit card and you had to invest your own money in it and you had to roll the dice and gamble. 
And if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, then you were stuck with a lot of product. <laughs> but uh, but nowadays, like with with platforms like this, or even Indiegogo, um, or just being online in general, you can reach people and find out who your audience is. And there's so many more resources. Which for young creators, like I don't know. I hope hopefully they don't take it for granted because they they, they have so much more nowadays. It's amazing. Um, you know, that people can invest in you before you even put a dime into yourself. <laughs> and you can also, yeah, build a whole community of people that have similar interests. Right. So right. it's, yeah. Whereas, you know, many years ago, like I said, you had to invest, you had to believe in yourself. You had to invest your own money. You had to market it. You had to take out advertisements in, you know, magazines or <laughs> other, uh, you know, trade publications. So so yeah, it's, it's, I, I like Kickstarter a lot. And even though like I complain about, you know, the marketing part, it's, it's been a great resource and, and provided a lot, a lot of opportunities. And I also think it's something people come back to because, um, you know, I'm super thankful for Kickstarter. I mean, it really, I think, you know, brings so many projects to life. I know so many people who've gotten their products, um, you know, they've gotten their products out there released and, it's been for, through the support of everybody that um, that helped to help raise the funds to get there. So um, I, yeah, I, I, I buy most of my mm-hmm. comics from Kickstarter now. Like there, there's so many amazing graphic novels that I can't even keep up, and I feel bad because just financially, it's like wow, there's it, there's so many options and so many talented people that I you know I buy very few comics from the big you know, like Marvel and DC, like predominantly I'm trying to support all the independent people and, 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 and there's so many great products that I can't even keep up. (laughs) Yeah. There's so much out there. I mean, also there's not too many comic book stores left as well. That's what I found at least here in the Northeast, you know, as far as even going out to stores and purchasing things as well. Um, the ones that have been around here have closed down, unfortunately. So yeah, so most of our stuff is just buying online yeah. or maybe being able to buy at, um, you know, like the bigger bookstores, but right. or convention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. And also as you get older, you have less time to go to a store to walk around and shop. So it's kind of nice. Like, Oh, there's this great book online. I'm just going to order it and it'll be at my door. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> how to- I found your book. I mean, I was just looking through Twitter and I saw your book and I immediately loved it. So that's, that's where I think social media could really bring us all together because, um, you know, I've met so many amazing people on social media and I've just experienced so many just wonderful books. Um, and it's, it's like provided a whole community, you know? So I, I think it's, it's just wonderful. So I'd like to also know about your other books that you've illustrated because you've, you know, you've, done a ton of work, I mean, for many, many years. And I was wondering if you could just talk a couple of minutes about that. I'm uh, sure. Um, like I said, I started publishing, you know, many years ago, 1997, 98. Um, I've had a, a book called The True Adventures of Adam and Brian, which was my first self-published work, which was kind of like a autobiographical comedy, you know, slash fiction uh, about myself and my roommate at the time. And it was completely ridiculous. And had no idea what I was doing. I had just been um, working at Marvel as a colorist and an assistant editor, um, and I wanted—I knew I wanted to do more humor-oriented stuff. So we just kind of like dived into it, and uh, it was, you know, pretty successful. And it kept going for a while. 
Um, I published other books, um, The Retributors and Salon, which are also under my uh, old publishing company, American Mule Entertainment. And from there, I actually, um, I was, I'm also an MC, so I was a recording artist that performed with uh, Public Enemy and toured with them and getting to know Chuck D. We talked about our love for comics and we eventually um, created the Public Enemy comic book series together, which was a combination of, of fiction and nonfiction where they, they were actually the characters were the, you know, the real band members. But we, we put a slight twist on it as while they were touring the world performing, they were members of an underground um, network of freedom fighters that help people across the world. Um, so we did that for a long time, uh, and I wrote that with Chuck D and did the illustrations. I've also illustrated books uh, for other companies that were, were not graphic novels. They're more like like coffee table books, like uh, the Supervillain Handbook, and then there was a sequel called the Supervillain uh, Field Manual, and then there's a whole series of um, the Art of Zombie Warfare type books that I did. Uh, one of the things that I was um, that I'm most proud of and that that I continue to work on now is uh, my wife and I have a uh, comic book series called the adventures of geo that was um, uh, funded by the um, uh, national science foundation NSF and um, was also republished through no starch press. Uh, it's an educational science comic book series. And uh, we have two issues of that. Um, one issue focuses on uh, plate tectonics and, you know, earthquakes and volcanoes and then the other one is um, about the moon. And my wife is um, Dr. Kanani Lee. She's a scientist specializing in geophysics. Um, she was a professor at Yale University, and now she's with um, uh, the Livermore National Lab. But uh, so it's a whole. Wow. Uh, we're working on a whole series of educational science comics. Uh, she does the science part. I draw the illustrations and make it a little, a little silly. Um, and then we're work. I'm working with other um, uh, scientists in the field to um uh to produce comics based on their special specialties um and so we're going to keep that going and we we distribute that to the schools so teachers have something to um you know it, it's just a way to get get kids interested in science as well as reading and, and you know um cross um you know the the different um genres and stuff so yeah it's that's a lot of fun to do but i also do a lot of illustrations for um the music industry and album art um, I've done artwork for music videos. So yeah, I'm an illustrator, an illustrator by trade. So I do, do a lot of different things and, um, as well as publish my own work and, and, uh, yeah, right now we're trying to actually, now that we know we're in a groove with Punk Taco and we have volume two, um, almost complete and we're working on volume three, um, we're kind of shopping it around to other publishers because we realize, like I said earlier, like, it's an all ages book and you know, we're, we're kind of doing at, at now that we've like won these awards and we know that people are enjoying it besides ourselves. We're, we feel like we're kind of doing it a, a disservice because we, we want a bigger audience and we want more people to read it. Um, so we're hoping that, um, you know, someone with, you know, a bigger reach can come in and, you know, find value in it as well. Um, because, you know, we think that the people seem to really be enjoying it and, um, we want to keep doing it. Um, so we'll see what happens. Wow. That's fantastic. That's really, you know, I wish you, I wish you a lot of luck with that. I have to get my, well, when you finish our volume two, um, I doubt, cause it's when, when do you think that will be out volume two? Volume two, it, it, 
it's slow production slowed down because of the move. That was sort of a, a sudden thing. Um, so we had hoped to have it out at the end of the year, but it's looking more like February of next year. Um, mostly because whereas the book is almost done, we have a lot of editing and design work to do. Um, but also the printing process takes a while with the hardcover and then the shipping from overseas, um, also takes a while. So we're trying to take into account like all of that. Um, but definitely I'll, um, it looks like I'm going to be at Emerald city comic con in Seattle next year in March. And I have to have it for that. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I definitely want to make sure that, that it gets done the, you know, the first part of the, of next year. And where could I find those the the comics that you're working on with your wife? Is that just available online or at on like where would I be able like where would people be able to purchase that? Because I know that's something that people would definitely be interested in. Because to get your children a little you know more interested in science and to be able to learn a lot of scientific um, information, where Absolutely. is that? Yeah, uh, the first volume, uh, which was collect um, republished by No Starch Press is available on Amazon and it's, um, let me type it in now. Um, they actually, uh, renamed the series. Um, so I just want to confirm that. Um, geo. There we go. So it's called the incredible plate tectonics, the adventures of geo volume one. And that's on Amazon. So that they, they, um, reprinted it in a in a um a better binding we have um individual copies um that we actually give away to schools um when they contact my wife um through her um through the website which is um it's just adventures of geo.com i believe wow um, i'm definitely gonna check that out that's sounds- yeah so volume uh, the first comic i believe we're all out of those the original printing we have lots of the second uh, printing left, which is about the moon. But the incredible plate tectonics, uh, Adventures of Geo, Volume One, is is available on Amazon or in bookstores uh, through No Starch Press. Um, and then I'm not sure when the third one will be released, but um, we're working on that now. So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And actually, you could you could go online um, and do uh, search uh, Adventures of Geo and People can read uh, all, both both issues um, in PDF format, and they could download it and also use it for the classroom. Um, so I'm just looking for the yeah. So that's fantastic because it seems like you work with your whole family, which is <laughs> no, it's yeah. great. I mean, you guys could travel together, you can market together, and really, it's such an interesting. I mean, that's I, I love graphic. I love graphic novels. Um, Cause I just feel like it makes content really so visual and you could play around with it so much. Um, I mean, I like graphic novels. I mean, my daughter and my son both like graphic novels. Um, but you know, I've even just like for reviewing, I read graphic novels. I think it's, I, I agree in that it's enjoyable for any age. Cause how could you cut it off at an age with, I think with just with the way that it's laid out? I just, and yeah. I agree with it with punk taco. It's something you know, my kids are older, they're 10 and 11, and they really enjoyed your book. So I didn't Right. I mean, I, I understand, him. like, where a, a publisher may be coming from, because, like, Punk Taco, I mean, the one criticism a lot of people say is, like, oh, it's wordy. Well, we wrote it in a way because I read a lot of older comics to my son, and I have been since since he was born. 
so he enjoys like those old Stan Lee comics where there were a lot of a lot of words and big words. And even as a kid, I didn't always know every word that I was reading when I when I was reading the Fantastic Four, if there was like a lot of science in it or just even made up words or like, you know, just very verbose. Um, but then I would go I would pull out the dictionary. This is pre-internet, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, no, I remember you, those you, days. You pull out the giant dictionary <laughs> and, and, and yeah. you search for the word and then you learn what it means. And yeah. so that's kind of what that was my influence in the book. Like I wanted, you know, I write how I write because it's, you know, I'm influenced by those type of comics. So, you know, a five or six year old may not know every word when they're looking at punk taco, but the reason why we made it a hardcover and we wanted it to be something that you just don't like put away and, and forget about, like they can go back to it and they could reread it and they could enjoy it at different stages in their life. Um, you know, like they would look at the pictures at five or six and pick up on certain words, but then at 10 and 11, they're starting to read, you know, you know, chapter books and, and they, they know, and they, they could, they can know if they don't know the word, they could decipher it or they could look it up themselves. And then as parents, you know, you can read it and enjoy it and you could pick up on little things that may be adult oriented, um, that the kids will grow into. So you know, that, that was important for us to, you know, make something that, uh, the, the parents can enjoy with their kids. And as their kids grow older, they can continue to enjoy Cause I have a lot of, you know, my son's books are books that I had when I was his age and younger, even, you know, older than me, they were like my sisters or cousins and like Dr. Seuss books that we just reread over and over. Um, and I probably didn't even know half of those words as a, you know, a seven-year-old reading, reading books, but as you reread them, you're like, oh, OK, you know, this is what it means. Or or the themes are very adult, you know, whether it's the Lorax or, you know, whatever, like those are very adult themes, you know, talking about the environment and helping people and, you know, being kind to each other um, that we want kids to understand. But they don't always pick up on it when they're first reading the book. Um, it, it's just something that they, they enjoy because it has a nice picture or it sounds funny. Um so, but it becomes timeless in that way. And, and we were hoping to create something like that. So when you were, I always ask illustrators this question, when you were, when you were younger before, you know, you got into your career of illustrating, did you tend to sketch and doodle comics or was it just that you were doodling like, you know, um, characters or, you know, I always like to ask that cause I'm always curious. Oh yeah. I did comics. Um, made my own children's books. You know, I would, I would actually draw on, you know, typewriting paper and then I would put the drawing into the, you know, the typewriter and then I would type the words. <laughs> so uh -huh. I would make my own, my own books. Um, yeah, right from an early age, uh, I would say definitely by, by seven or eight, I was, you know, making my own books. Uh, but even as early as, as five, um, I still have some drawings that were saved, uh, not as many as we saved from my son, <laughs> but, but I have a few, um, as evidence that I was, you know, doing it back then. And, uh, I could remember, I didn't have like sketchbooks or anything. It was just like loose paper, like everywhere. Um, which is probably why so much of it got lost. Uh, but well, yeah, I, I, could, I, I, I always loved books and was always a collector and, just want knew I wanted to make them. And, and even now, like, I, I just love the feel of a good book. Like I keep trying to tell myself, like, you know, maybe digital is the way to go as far as being a reader <laughs> because you, you run out of space, but there's just something, you know, amazing about the feel of a book and the smell of a book. And, um, 
that I love. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree on that one. I mean, you know, I, you know, I read some books online, but as far as I think children's books too, there's something about holding a book, the whole like multi-sensory um, approach to, you know, having a book and, and, you know, turning the pages and also not being distracted by other things online. I mean, that's Definitely. the other thing. Cause when you have a book, you have the book, you know, you could be distracted by other things around you, but right. you know, but when you're online or you're on an iPad or a computer, you know, you right. just close that tab and open another one and then you have to go, you know, so it's, that's I think true. There's, yeah, I, 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 that's what I always feel is that I just feel like you're just, you know, you're totally focused on that specific book. Is it, is there any of the characters that you drew when you were a little, like made it into your books as an adult? Uh, that's a good question. Um, no, no, not yet. I, I have, I actually recently dug up a couple old drawings and I'm thinking about incorporating them into Punk Taco as future characters. Um, they were heavily influenced by like the 1980s with like the Ninja Turtles and, and that whole genre of black and white comics. So I, I, I don't want to reveal anything yet, but yeah, there, there's a possibility that they, they may come to life. Um, I, I, I did have, you know, early on when I started publishing, um, I had a book called the, the retributors and there was a character that I created with, you know, a friend in high school, um, which I, I had in, in that book. And, um, looking back now, it kind of makes me cringe a little because I'm more, you know, aware of, of things in society and, um, so I, I've actually been, I've been, I love those characters from that book and I love the story, but there are certain things like I want to tweak to make, not, not, not to be purposely politically correct, but just to be more aware that, you know, people evolve and, and change. So like, you know, I, I, I still love the characters and the personalities. It's more of just like, why did we name this character this? Like, oh, well we were, you know, we were 15 when we <laughs> came up yeah, with these okay. ideas. So, so yeah, there's, there's certain things like that. Um, you know, ideas that I had at a younger age, um, that I put in comics, but you know, not always my best work. Well, I think with each work, you know, you kind of, you learn and you evolve, you know, and you, you know, so I just, it also could reflect that, that moment in time that what you were thinking, you know, and also (laughs) developmentally where you're at. I mean, I think what you're going to, let's say, right as an adult is, you know, versus a child, which is why it's so great that you worked with your son, because I feel like you have both those perspectives. And also as he's getting older too, he probably has different perspectives on stories evolving. So um, it'll be interesting to see how Punk Taco evolves um, as a story uh, and as a character, as, as, as we grow together. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. And because we don't plan it out too far in advance and we're not like, married to anything we we're working on a volume three now we have story ideas that we want to incorporate but uh when we actually go to actually write the story and draw it it's, it becomes very we, we like to let it the story write itself and be very organic and let it just flow so it'll be interesting to see you know where things go and if we can keep it going for you know years to come or if it's like a three book thing or we'll see what happens as long as people enjoy it, i'm hopefully we'll keep making it Wow. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for, for today. Is there anything you wanted to add before we finished up? Uh, no, not right now. No, I appreciate, you know, everybody listening. Thank you so much. Uh, right now we do have a, a, a Kickstarter that is, um, 
we're trying to reprint volume one because volume the original printing of volume one is uh, virtually sold out. So we, we, we put up a quick Kickstarter to try to um, raise funds to um, reprint volume one and also make volume two available for anyone that, that didn't know about it or, or missed out on it originally um, because it was a while ago. And since then we've, we've won, you know, those two awards and we're hoping that maybe more people would be interested. Um, I don't know if this particular um, uh, podcast will be up in time, but if it is um, you could check out punk taco uh, volume one reprint on Kickstarter. And um, if you like what you see uh, support us. And when does that over? When is that Kickstarter done? That is over in in let's see, roughly twenty days. Oh, I'll be yeah, okay. So it'll be up. It'll be up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I could send you the link and you could put it up on and everything. Okay. Um, great. Yeah. So the the basic idea was we you know vol- volume we have like sixty copies of volume one left uh, the first print, so we have like a special reward where you can get volume the first printing of volume one and volume two and both come with original color sketches in the book, as well as an original drawing suitable for framing. But then you can also pledge if you just want the reprint or if you want just volume two. Um, so there's a bunch of different rewards. Oh, great. Well, I'm definitely going to support you with that because I, I love you. your volume one. I definitely want volume two. Um, and I want to do anything to support Kickstarter because it's just it's just wonderful. So, well, thank you. So I, thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime. Time.